saints of Central Vineyard. The church has always heard preaching, but also the church has always read writings. Today, we write. This is something that doesn't go in one ear and out the other, but something that could be held in time. Words recorded down that they might be thought about in a deeper way, considered and kept. In the tradition of epistles, that is letters written to the churches of the New Testament, 2,000 years ago, we send our love. We have been praying for you this week and desire to be with you again soon. We send grace and peace. And today, peace is the particular one of importance because it's the theme of the spirit we would have been speaking about in our gathering in our series, Be With like. So today, we write about peace. If you watched the news at all this week, you would have seen the absence of peace in our world. Perhaps shown clearest at this moment in the Taliban returning to take over Afghanistan, fleeing Afghani citizens clinging to a US plane as it began to take off. The news of looming violence and coming persecution for women, Christians and foreigners is harrowing. And one interviewee said that this is not what it was months ago when it was much more at peace. We also know the absence of peace in ourselves. We know those feelings and pangs in us that long for things to be right, but we find ourselves unsettled internally with anxiety, restlessness, a lack of acceptance for how things are and what we can't change. We can find ourselves using the phrase, I'm not at peace. Maybe a lot of this could be summed up by the song we sing from Tarotini, which says this. He never told me that it would be easy. He said suffering would come. But he promised peace, peace, peace. This song is stating the world we find ourselves in. One that is groaning from its lack of peace. But then it is also referencing Jesus' words in John 14, 27, where Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace, 
and the peace I give is a peace the world cannot give. Jesus gives a peace the world cannot give, because quite simply, the peace of the Kingdom of God is not the same peace. It's not measured by the same metric. Our world thinks of peace as the removal of what is wrong. But in Christian thought, peace is more than the absence of suffering. It's the new presence of something that transcends suffering and becomes an all-new outpost within that. For us, peace is found in the establishment of God's kingdom of peace. A peace of shalom, where things are right and as they should be. First of all, we can look and see that this peace was embodied in Jesus, or as Isaiah put it, the Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. In Christ's reconciling action for sin, both in self-sacrificially entering into it on the cross, but also in standing resiliently against the power of evil by choosing the way of love, not violence. Peace isn't some retreat and removal. It isn't easy. It's activity. But what activity is it? In Christian spirituality, peace designates the experience of a justly reconciled, harmonious relationship between God and humankind, among humans and between humans and the whole created order. This peace begins from within and an assurance given by God and extends outward from the center. In St. Paul's expressions, God is the God of peace. In Romans 15, 33, 16, 20, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Philippians 4, 9, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and 2 Thessalonians 3, 16. The idea of peace is so dominant for Paul's vision of God because when first century Jews and Christians greeted each other, they said to each other the Hebrew word shalom or the Greek word irene as words that mean peace. In saying this greeting, they acknowledged that they were passing to each other the peace from God to them. This from God to you movement is very important because we do not possess peace in ourselves as an inherent quality. It's been beaten out of us through the cracked creation we live in. Because when God's perfect creation was broken by sin, peace is the main thing it broke. But God is injecting his peace back into creation. He alone gives peace beyond the fallen formation in our humanness. Not that it would mean the abolition or elimination of all anxiety and fear, but that we would taste more of it. As Paul reminded the Philippians, God's shalom, which surpasses human comprehension, can throw a guard around our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Or seen from another angle, as in 1 John 4, 18, perfect love, which could only mean the love of God, drives out fear. Again, a reminder in our series, all of the fruits of the Spirit are facets of God's love. When we abide with God in practices of receiving God's love, we will receive an inner peace by effect. 
when we draw aside in prayerful contemplation or worship or meditating on his word, the payoff is we receive a presence of peace. Or when we receive prayer from someone or experience hospitality or are the recipient of generosity or an act of things being put right, we receive a grace of peace. We receive peace and love. So therefore, when we experience the peace of God, of peace, we cannot rest content with what he has done for us. This experience doesn't end only at self-fulfillment. It makes us participants in God's mission, the reconciliation of all things to himself through Jesus Christ. As Paul reminded the Corinthians, God has done this and has entrusted to us the continuation of that peacemaking mission. That's from 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 19. We could summarize it all as this. The whole Christian mission is a grand peacemaking endeavor. So we are called to be peacemakers. The first step in that endeavor is to exhibit the oneness of God's new creation in the body of Christ. The Apostle Paul insisted that though many, we are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Note that he said we are, not we will be or should be or can be. What he intended to imply is that communities of believers have to live up to what we are, a truly reconciled humanity, notwithstanding all of our diversity. How do we do that? Jesus put it, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That's in Matthew 5, 9. Paul seems to echo the teachings of Jesus in the Sermon of the Mount as he sketched out the basics of being those children. Love with genuine love. Strive to outdo one another in honouring one another. Be generous and hospitable. Bless and do not curse. Share joys and sorrows. Live in harmony. Be humble and not haughty. Live peaceably with all if you can. Don't try to avenge yourselves and shame enemies by doing good, overcoming evil with good. Romans 12, 9 through to 21. In this list, the second step already has become evident of what we are to exhibit next, to strive for the reconciliation of humankind with God and with one another. In Christian perspective, God, the triune God, is the number one peacemaker. Just as Father, Son and Spirit live in intimate harmony with one another, so have they longed, actually willed, for the whole creation to live in harmony with one another. Through the Son, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, God reconciled everything to God's self, making peace through his death on the cross, whether things on heaven or on earth. Observe here that God's peacemaking extends not just to humankind, but to the whole creation. Obviously, our peacemaking enterprise will aim first at reaching a fractured humanity, for we will find it difficult, if not impossible, to restore the created order without enlisting fellow human beings. Let's be honest. The task of effecting the reconciliation of humankind with God and with one another is an overwhelming one. So daunting that some throw their hands up in despair and abandon any effort. 
We can persevere only if we keep in mind the conviction that propelled where we started this letter. Namely, that God is working together with those who love God to achieve this. The challenge is this. We must not peer down God's peacemaking vision to our size. Peacemakers today must address issues such as global warming and depletion of the Earth's precious resources that threaten the very survival of humankind. Peacemakers must seek to see our bicultural journey as a nation honoured to its fullest. Peacemakers today must not accept a life lived in an internal muddle, but seek to live the outposts of peace amongst the chaos more and more each day. Peacemakers today are those who engage in reconciliation in the spaces around them, not ghosting people or drifting off in ambivalence, but choosing to make things right. Peacemakers are connected richly to the one who is peace, that they too may be the ones of peace, no matter what they find themselves in. May you experience the love of God by the gracious way of the Son and the peaceful work by His Spirit. Shalom. Alicia, Dan, Ella, Gabrielle, Rob and Vivek. Oh, he promised.